0: Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast, a place where we focus on the business side of art to help you attract more customers, increase profits, and ultimately live a life of creativity and financial freedom. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and this week's episode features California based muralist Morgan Bricka. I have stumbled upon the more experienced version of myself in Morgan. I could talk to her for hours. She has this confidence and positivity of an experienced artist, one who has dealt with the past trials of owning a business, but happily perseveres on because she knows from years of experience how the profits— Far surpass the struggles. For example, her project minimum nowadays is seventy five hundred dollars. <laughs> yep, I said minimum. Granted, she lives in one of the wealthier parts of the United States, where customers are happy to pay that. But still, she knows her worth, sticks to what she's good at, and has built up a wealth of knowledge about the subject of murals. So much so that she wrote a book on it. I told you we're similar. The Mural Artist Handbook is what she wrote, and this woman. Uh, She just needs no further introduction. So let me know what you think about this week's episode with Morgan Brickow. Hello, everybody. We have Morgan here. We have my, basically, we're like mural sisters because we have, we both have a book, we both do the teaching thing, we both do murals, and so I'm really excited to talk about or talk to one of my own, really. (laughs) So hello, how did you get to where you are today? Oh, Andrea, let's see. It
1: started with quitting my job when I wasn't that happy in IT. And then I actually owned this cheapo condo. Like when I say cheapo, I can just put that in parentheses and bold. And so we needed a lot of work, like the ceiling is dripping and everything is linoleum and falling apart. So I, the cheapest thing was paint. You know, I couldn't afford a window. I couldn't afford tile. So I just painted the ground to look like travertine. I just painted a window where I thought a window should be. I gave myself an ocean view. The cabinets were like, everything was like, you don't, you just cringe. And so I painted the cabinets. Like I learned basic painting techniques. I actually had a friend who was a professional painter. And he was trying to learn more about faux finishes. So he'd come over to my house on the weekend and we'd practice Venetian plaster, making paint from scratch. He taught me how to tape properly, how to get a good drop cloth. Like I'd put down a sheet and he was like, yeah, no, you don't want to do that. So actually I feel like inadvertently, I learn a lot of the house painting tips and tricks, which I think are so useful for house painters to learn, like kind of right off the bat, like that's more the angle I came at it. But I was very much just handy and like working my hands, I didn't know it because both my parents went to college, you know, you get a good degree, you know, they wouldn't let me take out a shop in college, you know, or art club. like it was like, you go get a professional job. And so I think when I quit my job, it was a good paying job and I certainly freaked out my parents and they're so proud of me now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes, I feel like that's every parent's like, oh man, like you're gonna go for your art journey. Oh, good for you. I hope it works out.
1: (laughs) Everybody out there, you can send this to your parents. I'm happy to be a data point. They are like, all their friends know about what I do. They have my artwork and then my books and everything. And they just talk about me all the time. Like they're so proud. Like I'm the kid who made
0: it or something
1: like that. (laughs) where I was truly the failure in the family for many years so
0: oh I love that such a comeback story (laughs) a comeback story (laughs) okay so you have your book tell me what your book is about I have not read it but I'm very interested in it yes please
1: the mural artist handbook so you know what happened is COVID hit and my work you know when everybody's work for the first month I think everybody was kind of like, what is this? How much are we, how much fear should we have? As people gauged the first month or two, all my projects dissolved. And then, it, you know, it was like, well, this might be here for a little while. And I really had this sense that I wanted to be of service. And I have been so busy painting. I feel like I really haven't given back to the community and also busy being a mom, I want to add. My kids are raising, I mean, my first job has been as a mom to my two kids. And my second job has been as a mural artist. And so I guess during COVID, I was feeling like, how can you be of service in the world if you're stuck at home? And I thought, you know, I like to write and I know how to do something well, and I'd love to share with people. So I wrote the book.
0: Mural Artist Handbook. And what yeah. all is in this? I've actually looked through this. It's on Amazon, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, on Amazon, yeah. I tried to get an independent booksellers, but like Amazon can just undercut every independent yep. bookseller by like seven, eight bucks, and it's it's just and it's a lot of work to get in the independent booksellers. Even though I haven't even done digitally yet, I really like holding it. There's pictures in it, there's quotes in it. Practice is the best of all instructors. Yeah, I really wanted it to be something that I wanted to hold and that I liked and was really a keepsake of what I had learned in my career. So what's in it is I kind of break it down by project type because I have found that the metrics for success are so different and even the process is so different if you're doing a residential or commercial or school mural or community mural. And so I kind of break down those four sections. I also talk about how things have changed because, you know, I've been doing it 20 years and I obviously it's such an exciting time and I think people forget like this is happening now. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of money in it. There's a lot of attention in it. That was not the case 10 years ago or prior. Yeah. Really? Oh, oh tell me about gosh. that. Oh, so like, you know, I started in 2000 and, you know, the city of LA from 2000 to 2010 banned all murals. No murals were legal because they hadn't worked out the, essentially the permissions on what, how do you categorize advertising versus art. And I think they'd had some lawsuits or things like that. And also like, I mean, look at the brands. Like I'm in, I'm on the West coast. We have Fry's, we have Trader Joe's. Those were like the best commercial jobs you could find. And now like every major brand, every ad agency is hiring mural artists. Like that was not the case. They were like cheesy school handprint murals, grapevine stencils and kitchens. And You know, like kind of cringy. Like I had a hard time when I started just with the word mural. Like I wanted to change it. Like I do large outdoor wall art because murals had such a bad cachet. Now that's not the case. That's not the case at all right now.
0: Yeah, there does seem to be just a high demand right now yes. for all of the things that I mean, you, you say grapevines. And I'm like, oh, I know exactly what yes. you're talking about. That was what people thought of. I mean, I I've listened to the, a couple of podcasts of yours now. When I was starting to write my book about a year ago, I was on Amazon and I stumbled upon yours and I was like, oh wait, somebody's already written it. And I was like, wait, wait, no, no, this is kind of different in a way that we talk about different things and you're more about the tangible, how to go about yes. it. And I was like, so almost our books hand in hand would be like the complete thing. Yay. So, cause we, we, both, we both go at it at different perspectives or different techniques. And I really like mm-hmm. that you have the experience from 20 plus years or however long. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So, so tell me about your book a little bit more. I'm, I'm more interested. Uh, okay. So I guess
1: one thing, and you're probably going to relate to this also Is that I felt like I was able to make a business out of it because I had, I just embraced the other aspects of running the business, like building a website, marketing myself, giving proposals, showing up as a professional. And I felt like I did some of those I could just share. And so, and also balancing out like the soft skills, running a life, like small business And life balance management, so my whole seventh chapter. So I go through the four types of murals, as I described, like commercial residential, school, and community, because like VARA rights don't come into play if you're doing a residential. And with residential, the whole contract and securing the job and creating a design, they're so different. They roll faster, what they're looking for. It's super fun and lucrative in a lot of ways, and I think it's a great way for mural artists to both quickly start making money and actually get better quickly at what they do. I think some artists focus on the commercial, but my bread and butter can still be residential. I can just make a ton of like, you know, I can find a 10 or $15,000 residential project now, which is incredible. I mean, my minimum is 7,500. I know you like to talk money. So I thought I'd just be straight forward with that. And like some residential projects like are small and I'm like, I feel so bad, you know, do you want me to do more? This lady, this last month, she's like, no, you're worth it. We want you to do just this and we're going to pay you $75 for it. So like, come on, are you going to turn away that kind of like great job? Like it's residential and I'm not going to make, it's not going to make me famous, but it certainly pays the bills. And that's a balancing act that artists always will be choosing. It's, oh it's both. It's a matter of both.
0: $7,500 is way over my average mural that I typically get.
1: Yeah. So wait, we really have to qualify this because a lot of your listeners may not be aware of geographic differences in the San Francisco Bay Area at least twice the cost of living, maybe four times the cost of living. And the salaries are maybe twice, but maybe not quite. So that is, you know, I would say if I was in the Midwest, it would be half that at my level. Yeah, so and theorized. that would be what I expect, Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that too because I've gotten some shit from other artists who are more on the coast and they're like, you should be charging more. And I'm like, you don't understand small town Missouri. Like I'm doing the best I can. Yeah,
1: (sighs) and it's great. And it's just a different market. And also, you know, you do encourage artists to move to places and find jobs where the market is different. And, you know, it's great. Come to California for a couple of weeks to paint murals, but, you know, don't try to buy a house here. No.
0: (laughs) <laughs> no, yeah, the, the one uh, thing we have, the cost of living in Missouri is pretty low. But yeah. and, but the, the murals, I mean, you could still make good money doing murals here and everywhere. Yes.
1: I'll just tell a funny side story, which is I lost like three years worth of earnings and savings in the Bitcoin crash in the last little <gasps> bit. I was a Bitcoiner. <laughs>
0: It'll go back up, though. It'll go back maybe, up.
1: Maybe, maybe. But I was like, you know what? I made a lot of beauty in the world and it's almost like a death, you know, when something happens and the reason you thought you were doing it goes away. It's like, it really does not matter whether you're in Missouri, whatever amount you're making, if your life is working and you like your life and you're painting beautiful walls and making your community happy, you're doing the same thing. I am the numbers that just scale, but it's like, are you getting to just like bring beautiful artwork to your community? And like, if your life is working and you're enjoying it and your money is working, there's a certain threshold where it's like, you're you're making it. I don't care if your minimum is $500, if that's where you based on where you live, like make it work and it's a beautiful life. And it really, the money is secondary.
0: Yeah, so true. How do people find you nowadays? Oh man. Versus
1: well, how did they so find you back then? I, I, you know, because I've had a good website for 20 years, I mostly got good web referrals. And then during COVID, I also redid my website and it was hacked and it was down for like three weeks and it was really scammy and I lost, I had to start from scratch. So basically my lead generation is pretty low right now the last year, but I've been doing it for so long in this area. I get a lot of referrals. I sent out a monthly email blast with some of my writings. People kind of know me and they refer me. I don't get anything off Instagram and I'm not on Instagram that much. It's a lot of repeat clients and referrals and um, some web hits, but that's, that's coming back and I need to put some energy into it. But the thing is, is when I stay reasonably busy, I'm like, it's fine.
0: Yeah. Okay. So back in the day, how did you get started with referrals? <laughs> I know that it's like Uh-oh. a very different world nowadays, but I'd like to hear yeah. the starting point about how, how did you start to get those first couple of customers?
1: Yeah. Actually, the way I did it is the way I would recommend anybody do it. Do it on your wall first. Just like figure out paint drips, figure out taping, do your wall and then do your mom's wall, your sister's wall, your grandma's wall. Like do two or three or four before you're like, I'm a mural artist, you know, like make sure you know how to work on a vertical space, maybe do one outside, whatever. So like, just do a couple first. That's what I always say. That's what I did. And then this was back in the day, I bought a little business card ad in the local parenting glossy magazine. And that was really how I found my first, and it was 400 bucks a month to get like a business size ad. I mean, right now, if I put 400 bucks into Google a month, I would be so busy. You know, like I, my budget has been like 25, $50. I, when I started had no business, it was $400 a month just for a business size ad. So that really also shows how much easier it is to advertise these days and even getting a business started like a website like I knew web design I knew you know how to write in native language like build a website like all the tools are so much easier for everybody like Wix you got a website in like 45 minutes <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Like Google wants you to advertise and all those tools are like so easy. Like you, you know, you don't need a college degree to get that,
0: like log in.
1: You have to be younger though. Like now it's hard for me. (laughs) That's just an age deficiency.
0: Yeah. And we were talking before we got on here and you had mentioned how it's just hard to juggle all the things. And I agreed. I was like, it's hard to, you're putting out content for teaching and you're doing your, your murals and all of things. Talk about that.
1: Well, I'm much more comfortable dropping balls. Oh, yeah. I really, you know, I used to send out my newsletter every 30 days. Like it had to be finished by the end of the month. And now I'm like, what, 10 a year. And sometimes it comes out the second or the third day of the month and everyone's going to survive. And I'm, I'm like, I never stress about that deadline anymore. Just get over that. And like my podcast, I'll put out like 10 episodes in a month and then not any for a year. I figure that content is out there. I had it down month that's the reason my website was hacked for three weeks and I didn't do anything. I was just like, you know, I'm painting, I'll get to it. I didn't realize what a big deal it was. And it's true. I don't every year, like I've been doing this 20 years. I never know if I'm going to have work in six months or in a year. You always just don't know if everything's, and I always do. And so I feel like I'm more relaxed about doing it all and the way I do it all because yeah, I'm just, that I think that comes with doing it for a long time. I don't think I'm the best. I don't think I have it all. I'm just willing to just figure out, like Instagram, I'm such a failure at, or I just don't put any effort there. And I haven't even gotten a single job in the five years I've been doing Instagram from Instagram. And I'm okay with that. There's a lot of artists that are really strong on Instagram and that's how they spend their time and that's where they market. I think it's super smart. I think that's the way to go. As long as I have work, I'm not always hustling for every single job.
0: Yeah, I can relate to you on parts of that because I started this print of the month club where I send out these mini prints and I used to be like, okay, they need to go out on the first of every month. And then it was like, okay, they just need to be out in the first week. And now it's like, they go out sometime during the month. Like yeah. Nobody, and nobody says, said anything. That's the thing. Nobody's like, is my print coming? Like I'm waiting for it. And like, cause people are busy. Like people don't know. So people don't know, you know, if you're sending your monthly newsletter, they're not like didn't come on the first. <laughs> so yeah. what do you put in your monthly newsletter? Because I've found a monthly newsletter to be good for like selling prints and whatnot, but I haven't tried it for murals. Are you getting mural customers from it? Are you keeping I'm in contact it. with your mural customers? Yes. Who's okay. Who's on this? It's mostly a client contact thing,
1: but I do like, I just write a little essay. It's actually a lot of words. It wouldn't work on any other format. And I write about some little aspect I'm thinking about in my life, or maybe the project, sometimes giving people ideas, like how's your Zoom background, you know, like create a little story about like, have you thought about this or that? I don't know. And I think as an artist, when people get to know you, then they're more loyal and they understand why you create and they're more likely to refer you. So I tend to be pretty positive in general. You know, I show a good side too.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You just keep it in touch. Do you offer them anything in your, in your newsletter? In fact,
1: because I'm so lazy, I used to like upload the project ahead of sending. It was like my checklist was like, I have to upload the project on my website and have links and link to this and this and this. When I send out a newsletter, there's actually no links to anything. It's just me sharing photos and just saying, Hey, y'all, how are you doing this month? And I feel like I like to wait until I'm just feeling good and inspired because People will always receive that well. It's like, I want the newsletter to be a gift. If it's a reliable, inspiring, happy, beautiful thing to receive, people will keep clicking. And it's just about almost like a long-term relationship is how I see it. There's yeah. no quick grabs happening. Sometimes yeah. like once or twice a year, there'll be an event. And that's when I'll say, hey, if you want to hang out, I'm going to be here at this opening or something like that. But no, <laughs> It's very old school. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love that. I, I, I haven't heard that strategy very, very often. So I'm glad you shared that. So yeah. we have a lot of artists who listen to this who are just starting out or newer and they're just trying to get jobs mm-hmm. and all of the things. Mm-hmm. Like what questions can I ask you that will just extract the knowledge from your brain mm-hmm. and give it to all of these willingly willing listeners?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I do like to be a data point of saying you know, my life is pretty rad. Like you, you have the same, I'm, I like to work 20, 25 hours a week. Sometimes a lot of weeks. Yes. I'm working like nine or 10 months of the year. And the rest of the time, you know, I travel, but I also just really enjoy my life. I yes. enjoy my friends. I play tennis, you know, I want a balanced, good life like everyone else. And, you know, when I hear artists on your show working six days or fifty six hours a week, I think, you know, that'll work for a couple of years, but You have to feed your heart too, to keep just going and creative and healthy. So, you know, you want to make sure your pricing allows you to work maybe 30 or 35 hours a week. You know, 50 hours doesn't work. You're not a failure. Like do 30 and charge a little more and put a little more time into each thing. I also like to be a data point that you get faster, like I'm faster. And also I love to coach people to, set a minimum that scares you or set a price that scares you a little bit. Whatever it is for you, raise it 25%. Never feels comfortable. You always feel like, oh, they're going to think I'm a, you know, fill in the blank and it's not good. And I just do it. And then, you know, they often accept or they don't. But if you find that you can get a steady inflow of leads, like at this point, I only need to paint two murals a month. And I get a lot of the murals I bid on. So if I do four to six proposals a month, I'm going to get two projects a month at least. And so if you can get, you don't need hundreds of people. To, you need about eight people a month to find you. And two of those won't be a good fit. And six will. You'll bid on them. You get two of them. I mean, actually, I get a higher rate than that. Once somebody's called me and reached out to me, it's a little higher. So that's all you really need. It's much smaller than people think.
0: Yes, and I love that you just shared those numbers about maybe eight people or eight possible jobs and then six that would be a good fit and then two that you land. That's great because I just, I mean, I, I feel like that's not talked about enough. And a lot of people are get discouraged, especially in the beginning when somebody reaches out and then they get ghosted or it, it doesn't work or their their price was too high because I just had a customer reach out maybe two days ago and they wanted a logo done. And I am completely booked for the rest of the season until I have this baby. And so I was like, <gasps> oh I don't know. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's Can like get out there.
1: This is, this is the, the best, best job th- in the world for a mom. Can right? I just say to all the female painters out there and you're younger than me. I'm sending my youngest off to college. I never miss the spring break. I never miss the ski week. Sick days, I was like, hey, I can't go paint today. And nobody's in a rush with a mural. They're like, this week or next week. I mean, sometimes, you know, you have to get it done that week. But it's so malleable to your own schedule and your own effort level. And I've always felt like the projects come when I'm ready and then they slow down when I'm like ready to take a month off. And there's no better job for, and it keeps you fit. It does. And your kids think you're cool and you paint (laughs) at all their schools and they, you're like, when you're a teenager, they're just, they're going to be so thinking what you do is cool. And they're going to be so proud of you.
0: It's really, really fun. (laughs) Oh, I love that you just reminded me of that. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. The freedom of it. Yeah. Cause I'm enjoying the freedom of it. Just being like a married person without kids. And so we get to do whatever we want, but I guess you're right. Yeah. As soon as I have kids, I'm going to get to go to their events. I'm going to get to go and do things with them when they need me.
1: And the other thing is like, I think until my kids are about five I probably did between five and 10 murals a year. So, and I know mural takes more than a week. So let's say I was working five weeks a year, the first year. It doesn't matter. My business was still there for me in two years. I didn't send out the newsletters as often, but it's not like tech. You can just drop out and get a little quiet for a couple of years and then get right back in. There's can no right problem. Yeah.
0: Okay. Because uh, yes. I have a baby coming and I'm I'm not sure how much I'm going to want to pay. I might just dive no. back in yeah. or not.
1: Yeah. Right now, you're good. So you're fast at what you do. And there's going to be some easy projects that come along your way. And they're going to be like, I can make $5,000 this week. I'm going to strap my baby on my chest and be with her <laughs> every day. I put my baby. I have pictures of Allie in her bouncy chair while I'm like painting. Because, you know, I can paint. And she goes on my back. And we take walks if she gets fussy. And then she's asleep half the time. And I painted a bunch of murals. Actually, one mural I remember in Berkeley, which was like 45 minutes away. I brought a babysitter with me for the day. Because oh. I'm making so much painting a murals. So I would just be... She was like six months. And I just wasn't ready to leave her during the day. Yet it was my second. He'd walk her the block, take her to coffee and come back. And it was like all day. He was within... It was a guy. He was within like you know, a minute or two of me. And I was happy with that. And so, w- because the thing about murals is you make a lot of money when you're actually painting. And so when you're actually painting, if you can just find an extra set of hands that week, you're set. And then you take their three weeks of the month off. Okay.
0: Yeah. That's a good idea. <laughs> uh, and I, yeah, I just love the flexibility and the profitability that you, you yes. just can't. Yeah. But- yeah. So anyway, I was I, a customer approached me a couple of days ago, and they wanted a logo painted. And I was like, I could theoretically I could like hire out another person, then I could go and do the finishing touch-ups, and it, it would be a hassle, but not too much. But so I bid it at fifteen hundred, which That's is right. like it was just a small logo, and I was like, eh, like maybe it's probably worth a thousand. I don't know, but I'm just gonna bid it high. And he said, no, he said that was really too expensive and couldn't do it. But I was like, okay, whatever. Like it doesn't really actually matter. Yeah. But some, yeah. like that just goes you. Sometimes I I don't get them too. Like it's just and you just start to bid higher
1: when you're when you value your time better, and that's okay too. Yeah. Do you have any crazy stories that has uh, happened?
0: Yeah. <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell us all the things.
1: So I painted like six hundred murals. I pay, I used to paint like forty a year, and now I, my goal was to get down to twenty a year and have each one average like ten thousand dollars. So I really am trying to go for the higher. Because it's just, I don't want to send that many invoices or do that many designs. Like, I only want two projects a month, so they got to pay well. That's kind of where I'm at. But people always ask me, like, what are the horror stories? And I have had some crash and burn projects. And, you know, you learn the most when they don't work out well. And actually, anytime something doesn't go well... I think it's really important to reflect on like, huh, what part did I play or how could I have avoided that in the future? And I do that on, I used to do that more. Now I'm just like, it's easier. It gets easier, but it's always so important. Like, so I'll just review just two projects that were total crash and burns. One is I try to be friendly and I just try to over give like, Oh, I'll just throw that in for $500 and oh, I'll do that. And you know, they started to think that my work, they didn't have to pay me or something. And in the end it went to court and they kept canceling. They were an hour away from me and I had to go back to court three different times. And every day they just not show up the last minute because this is legal. So just to waste my time, they just started playing this. Like the woman was really an unhappy person. I could tell that right away, like, wow, oh, she's not thriving in her heart or in life. And They found some little problem with the work and just refused to pay me. Oh, and so I had taken too small. I usually take a 50% deposit, which I did, but then the project tripled in size and I did not update the contract. I did not get a higher deposit. So that one went off the rails and I ended up, they finally, they couldn't have delayed it anymore. And I went in front of a judge and I just said, Hey, I did this work. It's beautiful. It's all finished. And they owe me the money. And he said, pay the woman and I got paid in full, but it took a lot of effort. And I wouldn't recommend doing that small claims court. It's like, just get 50% and that saves your butt. So actually this project, I have another project that just happened, like four weeks ago, first time ever happened to me. A day, I'm like three, four hours into the project. And she's like, stop work, you gotta stop. Project is canceled, totally out of my control. She had surprised her boyfriend with mural. And he turns out some, a friend drove by this building and said, you're getting a mural in your building. And he's like, I do not like this gift. So she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I'll pay you the difference. And I was like, you know what? You already paid me half. And I only did four hours of work. We're good. We walk away from this and we're both happy. So that, you know, things happen take that deposit. the the final story I'll share was another one. I don't consider that a fail. That was a success. That was a success. Have a contract, get 50% deposit. The other one that went off the rails, my friend is a lawyer who's a neighbor. And I had kind of said, I think it's going to take a week. And I was done after three days. And these are people who are like, no, we want the full week. And we want you to add like all these animals. And I'm like, oh, no, no, They're like, we want a deer and a bunny. Well, I think I already had like six animals in the small mural. And they like wanted a zoo all of a sudden when I was done. I was like, they don't understand this isn't going to help me. This isn't going to help the artwork. And then they they said, "Oh, we saw an exhibit last weekend, and it was like this. It was like that. I was like, That's a change in scope.'" And so, what ended up happening was I just went over to their house with the lawyer, and I put a big X for the artwork, and I gave them all their money back. That was a good solution, and that was recommended by the lawyer. She's like, "You don't want to tell. I mean, all the small claim stuff, or trying to get people walk away, walk away sooner." You can go back and forth, but I was like, essentially, if you don't like the work, you just get a refund and let's keep going on our way. It wasn't worth anybody's time. So yeah, I mean, I've had some mighty fails, but I've had like, what, at 98% fabulous collaborations. Like I have people who I just love and I get their Christmas letter and like most of the time, I feel like I'm about to meet my new best friend every time I go on a project and we have fun and it's awesome. And I know artists are so scared of collaborating with people, but people are really awesome. If you hold good boundaries and you love them up and you are being of service and care, but the boundaries are good. Hey, we do 50%. Hey, I, you know, I don't do free designs. Hey, we got to sign a contract before I start, you know, and you keep your word. I'm going to show up at this time. I'm going to show up on this day. There's like if you behave not like an irresponsible teenager, but just like somebody who's caretaking, like somebody who is a professional, people just feel comfortable to really be kind. I don't you find that clients are awesome.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think if you treat them with respect, they'll treat you with respect too. And I think it starts with, just like you said, showing up on time. <laughs> That's the yeah. easiest thing. Yeah. And sometimes the
1: tone, you know, in the correspondence, the tone of the email, like, hey, this is going to be a blast. I can't wait to jump into this with you. Let's have fun. You know, it's not like, I used to be super formal and I toyed with the whole we thing for a few years. Like, I want to be more in mural studios and I'm an organization, I'm a company. And it's like, no. Just you and me, let's just do this. And it's way more fun that way for me. Although I'm not sure as a business model, it's I,
0: you know, no, I love it. No, <laughs> there is a weird line there. And there's some people that prefer that like stern, like I will get there. Thank you. Bye-bye. Like, <laughs> the thing. But then there's a lot of people more often than not. I feel I agree with you. People just, if you're oh. excited, they're excited. And I think it helps too, that you can be a little more choosy and you get the more profitable jobs. So it does make you genuinely excited. Totally. <laughs> totally. I mean,
1: it's really awesome. Like I was just driving to work this morning and I was just happy. Like, I can't believe my life. I love my, I'm going to work today. This is okay. And I've been doing it 20 years, like 15,000 hours. I mean, except I already confessed it for the first five years of my children's life. I, that was like a hundred hours a year, but still I've done it a long time and I still love it. Oh, I love that. I just want to tell everybody, I feel like you are in really good hands with Andrea. She knows what she's doing. Everything I listened to her about her, her videos, interviews, she knows what she's talking about. It's so possible to do this. It's such a good life. It's so much fun. It's great to have this kind of support. I mean, you and I didn't have it when we started. We just figured it out. There are so many tips and tricks that make it easier, but basically just hearing and seeing people that are doing it, how they're doing it. It's. I feel like it's the most generous thing in the world. If you knew how much fun Andrea and I were having and what a cool job this is, it's really generous of us to be like, here's how you do it. Here's the golden brick road. Here's the brick and then this brick. And then you just jump here and then you go here. And it's like, come, come play. And yes. it's put together. And another artist you t- interviewed, you know, they talk about how... When artists cooperate, we all gain, you know, when we share best practices, become more professional as a group. I think there's historically been suspicion among artists or a non-sharing, and I don't think that that ultimately helps us, just isolates us and keeps us poor.
0: It keeps us poor. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, did, if anything, just hearing that year, your minimum is 7,500, like, I think it, it makes people yeah. think, like, oh, wait, oh, wait, that, yeah. this is something, too, that I could look forward to, and this is something yes. that I could do, too. Yes, and also, I just want to remind you guys,
1: I am the slowest learner. I do very few things even well. Like, I am, if I'm making it anybody can make it. So like I undercharged for so many years and I still just like, I need that minimum because I am, I like fall in the first $1,300 for a three-day project. Why did I do it? I'm like, how do I do that again? Why do I do that? I just, I need those metrics because I'm not good. But yes, I, my first minimum was 600 and that was a big deal. I did that when I moved to the Bay area. It was like 2004 and then it was 1200 and then it was 2500 for like five or maybe even 8 years, maybe 10 years, 2500 it's been 5000 for the last 5 years and then it was just this year that i moved it to 7500 and that was hard oh, wow. and when i was at 5000 going to 7500 i was like i'm never going to work again that's it when i went from 3500 i was, i skipped pretty fast from 2500 to 5000 i was only at 3500 for like a year or two but I remember when I went to five thousand. I was like, "Honey, I need your support because I don't think I'll be working the next six months, or maybe ever again. I'm gonna race, I'm going go to raise my minimum to five thousand because it scares me, and my career's over." That is not what happens. That's not what happens. Every time, and right now it's seventy five hundred, and I'm still finding jobs. So, you know, I don't think you need to like jump ahead. You don't need to raise your rate to seventy five hundred if you've only done a couple years. But you know, every five years you should be almost
0: making double what
1: you were, or ten years definitely double it. That is
0: very true. Yeah, every five years at least we're making double what you were. It's it's possible with a career like this. Yeah, I mean, you can show a huge body of past work,
1: the clients have a great sense of safety and security working with you, knowing that you're an experienced professional. That's a big piece of it, is people just want to know, is the job going to get done? Is it going to get job right? Is it going to be beautiful? You have such a big body of work and you're paying for their safety and their confidence. I mean, you know, when you when you go get a tattoo, do you want somebody who's done one or two tattoos and they're totally different? No, if they have like 300, 400, it's your body. It's, if it's your business, it's like, we got somebody dead, and yeah, it's twice, three times, no problem. What we care about is that our business is going to look pro, right?
0: Yeah, so true. Too, I, I had two recent big murals that were 1500, which is pretty big for around here. I was yeah. so excited about it, and both of them, talking to the person who was hiring me, they were like, We want it done right, we wanted to hire like the best that we knew we know you come with a higher price tag but we want that higher yeah. level i was like okay great yeah. <laughs> okay i'm like fifteen thousand dollars great oh my gosh do it so what you don't
1: realize what artists don't calculate in is how much value they're creating with paint because so if they did any other material it would have been a 25 or thirty thousand dollar project if they want to do it, like i see you have a stone hearth behind you that's stonework. beautiful huge price tag, or they want to do landscaping instead, plant flowers, water it, gardeners over the year. They're going to be paying another $25,000 a year for that. So with paint, you're creating color, beauty, photo ops, attention, like what it does to the value of a business, like $1,500. Are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? They are... The people, everyone's going to be like, oh, let's go there. They have, they're, they have great ambiance. It's because of the freaking mural, you know? They're selling so <laughs> much of whatever they sell. Artists undercut, like, the actual long tail of what they create. That includes at schools, that includes at businesses, communities, and residential. Like, this is crazy, but one of my clients just told me she's moving again. It's the third time in four years. And I'm like... <laughs> Like my daughters, they just the only thing they're going to miss is their murals. They're moving; they just have to take their murals with them. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll put you into January. Great, we'll see you then. You know, and she knows my pricing. So they love working with me. The repeat customers. Sometimes I have heard that people bought a house because, or they said it was so easy to sell. They just fell in love with a mural in the kids' room. Now, how much <laughs> did they pay me for that mural, and how much did that improve the housing cost? So that happens all the time.
0: Yes. Yeah. You're totally right. Cause I just um, wrote a proposal to my local town. So I live right right outside of Springfield, Missouri, really small town, but still close to the city. And we have no murals right here. It's very small. And I was looking at facts about murals, you know, adding to the community and whatnot. And they Mm -hmm. made a very good point on Google somewhere that says like murals and paints are one of the lowest cost projects that you could possibly do for the value that you're getting. Because if somebody put in landscaping, like you just said the maintenance for landscaping every year and just to put in the dirt and the cost of the plants plus if somebody wanted to put up like i mean building buildings is another community improvement type yeah how much does it cost (laughs) to build an arbor and a bench like i get school projects and they're like well we looked at
1: the cost of the bench if you include install and, you know, the teak and the engraving, it was like 4500 and a mural was 3000 So we went with a mural. And it's like, I'm sorry, I don't know if you swear, but like, I cannot yes, I, I, <laughs> not swear on it. It's like, no shit. Like, I'm, <laughs> you want a wooden bench or you want a mural? Like, for half the cost. Like, I just, it's not about the time that you put into it. It's about the value you're creating in your ideas. And paint is so freaking cheap. You don't even need to put it as a line item. It's like 50 bucks. Like it's embarrassing to put it on an invoice. Don't charge for materials. Charge a lot of money because you're painting a work of art. Like you're valuing it as like a contribution to the community. You have to think of it in the scale of How much revenue is this bringing towards the business, towards the homeowner? And I swear to God, if you charge triple your prices, it would be less than a fraction of 1%. And maybe we just need to do a better job of really articulating the value of what we create when we pitch to the client like is there a way that you can make sure they understand the value that artwork brings and the value of having it done well
0: so true yeah just looking at it from a value standpoint and not a time standpoint because for the longest time I just value my time and be like so much an hour is what I would go with and now Sometimes I'm making a hundred bucks an hour. Sometimes I'm making $200 an hour and it's somewhere in between, but it's like, it's more of per project recently. And yeah, you're right. It is the value because that logo that you're painting on the outside of the building is going to let every car that passes by for 10, 20 years know that that.
1: Especially logo work should be charged at a high rate. So that's the thing is when you do community murals and it's for a girl scout troop or it's for some, you know, children's hospital, You do run across projects where it's like, okay, budget really matters. But if it is a corporate logo, you should be charging. When people do things that are really more strictly for that, you should be charging double, honestly. It's a for-profit endeavor. It's not as much like a work of
0: art. Yeah, I totally agree. There, there's some projects that you make a eh, ride on, and there's some that you make bank on. And typically, it's huh. like businesses know the cost of doing business too. And I just feel like, you know, That's steering right. muralists is right. in particular, like steering muralists towards the business route, the corporate route. It's just more profitable. So I'm glad that you you see that too. It it is. And
1: it can be super creative. I mean, I have a lot of really creative. And when people call me for a logo, I say, no, I'm not the right person. Try this person. Try that person. Like I just, logos and lettering aren't my thing. And I love saying no. I always feel like a rock star when I say, no, this isn't a good fit for me. Or if it's like too prescribed, the butterflies have to look exactly like this. Sometimes I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm just... I like to do more creative stuff or I say no to foot finishes. I say no to if it's not really in my strike zone. And that's how I stay excited about the work too. But I want to go back to what you said, because it's so important to not be thinking about the hourly wage. Use the hourly wage on the inside for yourself to make sure you are making at least what you need to make. And as an independent contractor, if you're just starting out, maybe that's 50, but after you've been doing a couple years, it should be at least a hundred dollars because you're paying your own health insurance you have your own business, you have business taxes, expenses. So you should be making at least hundred an hour. So in your own internal calculations, track your hours, make sure it's at least hundred, but that's like the lowest. And you don't want to bid just at the lowest. You want to bid not associated with your time. You want to look at the value of the project and bid higher. Now I'm giving this advice and I don't always do it. And I'm not that consistent on it. Cause then I'm like, oh, it only take me a few days. I should feel bad charging that. That's like a little gremlin that still lives in me. And I'm like, hey, hey, thanks for sharing. Thanks. We're gonna go away now. Okay, that's good. let's go. Let's charge what you want. <laughs> the other day I did three times the amount that I was initially gonna bid. And it
0: scared me. I've like
1: lost my lunch and I couldn't sleep for two days. And I still bid that huge amount. And we settled on half that amount, but it's still a really big number. I did it like as an exercise. It was hard, but it's like, you got to start somewhere. And then your life, all of a sudden, you know, you're flying first class. That's the only way you get there.
0: (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Pricing is so weird. It's It's just, yeah. And I think that's just good to know that it's weird for me and you and everybody. (laughs)
1: everybody, Yeah. Yeah.
0: And at the end of the day, yeah, I would probably do it for free. And
1: you know, if there was no work, my price would quickly drop to $500 a mural. Cause I'm like you, I'm like, I like to keep painting. If I haven't had work in a couple of weeks, I'm, I feel like a ping pong ball. Like I find that the painting brings me to myself. It brings me on how I want to express myself in the world. Like there's a river of creativity that is, feels inherent to who I am. That is not putting a price tag on It's just, it's just a really hard, lame thing to do. And it's not the reason I create. But again, we're living in a world that money value has this reflection in money and just
0: embrace it. Just go with it. Yep. I totally agree. So what is one little bit of piece of advice that you can leave us with before we get off of here? Anything that might be important that you've learned in your many years? I love talking to muralists that have been at it for so long because you have such a storage of knowledge that we might need to do another interview here in like a while to get all of it out. Yeah. So like, it's funny on the outside,
1: my metrics look, good, like I love what I do and you know I'm making like a lot of money now and I don't work very much. <laughs> I'm like like it's like cheating all the time. But you know what? I always have it within a month, like a lot of times where I feel like, oh my God, I'm I'm like not good at what I do. Everyone else is better. I'm never gonna have any work. Is this gonna work? What am I doing? Like self-doubt. Is just how the human brain works. And so when you're starting out, you're more likely to believe that self-doubt thing because you don't have enough experience that would give you data points otherwise. But I would just say, like, those are your thoughts doing their job. And if you feel called to paint, just keep trying and doing it. And it just keeps getting easier the more you practice. Like, you just have to trust that system, whatever you decide to spend time with, whatever other job you do, you're going to get better at that job or this job. So I guess my confidence crashes all the time. And so a beginner should know that. It's just part of it. <laughs> you get turned down all the time. You get people that are like, no, it's, it's too much. I don't want a mural. And it's like, oh, my God, they don't know. They should have picked me. There's, there's like, ah. <laughs> Like, just get over it. Then the next day you wake up, you have coffee and it's a whole bright, fresh new day. Or, you know, sometimes it takes a few days. And that's okay, too. Yeah,
0: that's okay, too. It's okay to doubt yourself as long as to be rebound quickly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah it's not that's the hard. that's the hardest part of the job that's the hardest part right there the rest of the part the actual writing the proposals thinking about money going out and painting like what else is hard it's (laughs) it's the the exposure and exposing yourself to that risk that the thoughts are going to come back and say no there's some fault with me there's some reason why I can't do it or I'm not good enough and those ghosts are so mean and so you got to just those are the ones, those are the only ones, only thing
0: standing in your way, right? Yep. Yeah. It's really just whatever's in our own minds because we determine if we listen to it, we determine what we price, we determine how quickly we're going to get up and going and be on time. Like it's all in our brains. <laughs> so, we So much <laughs> control. It's really frightening or just yes. leeway,
1: leeway. And I'm just trying to think of if it doesn't happen up, but sometimes I'm, I'm dragging on the way to work. And within an hour, you know, you just say, okay, and am sure I'm still going to go do this. And then you pick it up. And it takes an hour or two. It's just like, that's just, you just keep rolling.
0: <laughs> yep. You just keep rolling with it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing thank and talking. You. And thank I love you. your your voice you. and your tone is just so like calming. And oh, I, I well, just love it.
1: <laughs> I'm always just freaking out. I, I soothe myself. I'm it was really a pleasure to meet you, Andrea. Thank you for doing the show. Thank you for your generosity with it. And yeah, I'll have you on my podcast too sometime or follow up conversations and let's just strategize how to support. And congratulations on having an upcoming baby. When do you do?
0: Thanks, in November. We have a bouncy oh baby my boy.
1: Oh my <laughs> gosh, it's gonna be I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. I love being a mom. And it's so fun. Like all the face painting and the Halloween and the creativity. The oh, rooms gosh. had amazing murals. We had Tinkerbell. We had sports. We had graffiti. Like <laughs> it's just so much. It's such a fun way to be an artist with kids. I think it's really fun.
0: Yeah, as soon as we found out it was a boy, I was like, "Well, I'm not doing princess castles, so I'm gonna go paint his. I'm gonna go paint his room right now that same day." And every year, their
1: birthday cake is gonna just be like the best yep. birthday cake, and all the party invites. Like I did, like detective, but it was like a real detective thing, and all these funny things. Like I just, I loved using my creativity with making everything fun. Yeah, and my family is so satisfying. So anyway, so I keep going. on. Pleasure to
0: meet you. You too. Thank you again so much. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great day, Andrea. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Artist Academy podcast. If you've liked this episode and you've liked the tips and inspiration that you've gotten from it, then I want to encourage you to join our Artist Academy Advanced membership. We are currently going through the yearly fourth quarter success plan designed to help you, the artist in need of a little marketing direction, make money with your art during the most profitable time of year. If there's ever a time to double down on your art business efforts with promoting and pitching and sending out the emails that you know you need to send out and creating holiday window art and getting clear on what you're offering this holiday season and communicating that effectively with your audience. Now is that time. Every year I double down on my efforts to sell during the fourth quarter and every year I get better and better at it and make even more money than any year prior. For example, like my yearly sale where I started off making $1,000 in one day the first year I tried this. Then the next year got even better, tweaked my messaging a little bit and made $3,000 in one day and then the following year, made $5,000 in one day selling the art that was just sitting on my website that nobody had yet purchased, just by enhancing my marketing and promotion efforts with this fourth quarter success plan. Every year, I give you the exact game plan that I'm using, refined by years past, in the form of step-by-step videos and templates for you to use to sell your unique art. Whether it be originals, prints, or my favorite, murals i make it really easy for you to get some help with your art business plan during this very timely part of the year go to artistacademy.co that's artistacademy.co or click the link below in the notes to apply and join our group of highly encouraging artists from all over the world again it's artistacademy.co and i'll see you inside the membership for our fourth quarter success plan